it's funny because um I remember reading in the four hour work week when uh, Tim Ferriss was like faced with that problem like of like when people would ask him what does he do because he does a ton of different things right he's like a podcast or author um if if it's like a quick chat he's just like oh, I'm a drug dealer <laughs> yeah. dude what do I that's say epic. <laughs> oh you say you're a doctor yeah no 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 people ask me what do I do I say I'm unemployed and homeless <laughs> oh, that's what I say as well yeah. <laughs> that's the funny shit. I don't know why I added homeless, but three, two, one, and we're live, boys. So welcome back to Hanging with Hardcore. This is episode number twelve. Um, on last week's episode, we spoke about taking action with a morning routine. Um, today we're going to be discussing the importance of just thinking. And, and in today's day and age, um, it's actually the combination of thinking and actually taking action that leads to success. So if you look at all the successful people in the world, mm. they're all thought leaders. Yeah, that's it, man. Like people don't realize like that's our tool for today's day and age. It's thinking. It's how, you, how well we can use our most powerful tool, our minds, which will get us ahead in life. And like why thinking is so important is because you can actually just like if you have like a say a scenario that you need to do, you can just do it in your mind first. Then you don't have to waste money, you don't have to waste time. So it's actually very efficient. So we've got to use our most valuable tool that we have, which is thinking. So this is like a topic that everybody feels like they know how to think. And I was one of those people before. But then as I started to, you know, we started to study people like Naval Ravikant, we got his book there. Um, these guys are known for their ability to think. And once you start looking into them, then you start to realize like, oh, damn, I haven't been, uh, you know, using my uh, absolute potential. Yeah. So today we're going to discuss, you know, everything that we've come across, the big heavy hitters where it comes to thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like we have that um, analogy of, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. it was all about how much brute strength you had you know because you know back in the day people were most people were working on farms mm. you know nowadays it's all about your brain capacity yeah. that's the importance of thinking like you look at all the biggest um companies in the world or the or the people that provide the most value in the world mm. it all comes down to how they think mm. versus just physically doing something yeah like now we're in the information age right like exactly we have so much information around us mm. it's it's more about like who can take that information and actually think hard on it and create strategies based on that information yeah Yeah. it's definitely it's a combination of hard work and thinking smart but i would argue it's more leaning to the thinking smart side because i know plenty of hard workers but what are they doing they're you know they're stuck in standard jobs where they're you know like they might be dishwashers like dishwashers are some of the hardest workers i've ever seen Mm -hmm. but they're not most successful you know Mm -hmm. So nothing against dishwashers and all that. I used to be a dishwasher myself. Uh, we all did, except for maybe Samuel. <laughs> maybe here at the home, we all, we all scrub the dishes. But, you know, it's it's not about hard work only. I would lean the scale more to thinking smart. Mm. That's where it's at. Yeah. Mm. I think we're going to get into it as well. But thinking, sorry, just taking action leads you down to making your own mistakes, which is a very, very slow way to learn. Mm. Yeah. A very slow way to learn. You want to learn from other people's experience. You don't want to have to learn from your own. And that's Mm. what books are, right? Mm. Books are just a collection of someone's entire life's work. 
mm. um, all their mistakes and their findings from those mistakes. And that's why we talk about books so much. Mm. Yeah. Those are the biggest, you know, they're the lowest hanging fruits. Mm. That's literally the secret. Yeah. The secret is learn from other people's <laughs> go faster. Yeah. Mm. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I think maybe we should preface it about Johnny boys uh, podcast. I've had a few questions saying like, Oh yeah, I'm thinking about quitting my job to go into this field so I can learn it, which is true. It's really good. But uh, what we didn't say and what Johnny Boy does as well is he's really hard on the books to absorb knowledge faster. Mm. Then he goes into those fields to test himself mm. to see if he can actually do it. You know, like you can't just go and say like, if I wanted to be X, just go into that field and I'll become the best of the best. Because like, say with us, like with investing and all of that, the best of the best doesn't even exist in Australia, let alone Melbourne. Mm -hmm. uh, so I see it all the time with, you know, you know, people that want to become like a, you know, a real estate investor or whatever, and they want to learn from someone in the real estate game here, but are they the highest quality? You know, are they like, you know, there's, there's guys like in the U S in New York, Ryan Serhant, they, mm -hmm. these are the guys on the top, you know, Australia is a very small country. We need to understand it's like a drop in the ocean compared to yeah. the, the reality is you're not going to be able to get your hands on that kind of A-class person's time. Mm. So that person, Ryan Sirhan specifically, he understands how valuable his information is and how much he wants to help and helps his business as well. Mm. So he puts it out on the internet. Mm. He, you know, he's got a bookseller like Sirhan, which is fantastic. I've read it. Um, he's got other shows and stuff like that. You know, that's what you learn from. Mm. That's how someone scales himself. That's how we scale what we've been able to learn. Yeah. You know? So that's it. But yeah, it's just so important to think more and you know, like have the thought process because you can skip everything. You can accelerate your life. Whatever your goal is, like imagine you have a goal and you want to get there through experience. You can get there 10 times faster if you have a combination with the books and the thinking. You get there way quicker for sure. Mm, and I really like how you said like if you, um, if you think about something before doing it, like you can save yourself time. Yeah. And it's, just, it's just crazy because like it's this is one of our biggest messages everybody tells you it is a waste of time to mm. be thinking it's not a waste of time it's a beautiful use of time to be thinking it's the best use of, of time yeah. I've, I've made well, we've all made we've made a whole podcast about mistakes right we've all made heaps of mistakes but i promise you now i've made less mistakes because of the thinking i've been doing yeah. than if i just went out and just did it mm. yeah yeah and just That's continued it. trying yeah continuous trying is just it's a numbers game right you just put so many things out there you're like ah, oh, one of them might hit yeah but if you actually strategize and think about your way through each move you have a higher probability of success mm. which then leads to an accelerated rate of success mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah let's discuss that idea more like that's like kind of like with the saying like just chuck everything at the wall and see what sticks mm. Like imagine like you say, if your goal is to make money mm -hmm. and um, you know, you're just thinking like, imagine you're a 20 year old kid and then you're just trying to make money through business or whatever. And then you have an idea and then you go out and do it straight away. You just had that thought and just went out and did it. Then if you go out and do it, yeah, you'll learn some stuff from it, but you got to think about the time you potentially waste and the capital you potentially mm -hmm. waste. You got to be really careful with your capital um, because if you keep on, you know, you can, you can go, I've seen people, they do this for 10 years. And they, they, they had the saying like, oh, I'll just, you know, I want to play at risky while I'm young. 
and I want to have a shot at this again and again and again and again and again. But they literally fail for 10 years until 30 and then they realize they give up and they just need to buy the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like looking at uh, finance Josh from Instagram, he's got a really good post about this. It's like taking risks when you're young, it's like a double-edged sword. Because mm-hmm. if, it, if it pays off, you win big because of compound interest. But if you miss out on that, you miss the, the standard compound interest of the S&P 500. And if you just invested a little bit of money, you know, at the age of 20 and kept that until 30, you could be a millionaire. Yeah. I think the question to ask yourself is the answer for us is pretty easy. But the question is like, do you maybe want success or do you like want 99.9% chance of actually being successful? Mm-hmm. Like where are the probabilities higher in those two scenarios right there? Yeah. Just go for the highest probability. Bet on the highest probability horse, but mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. You gotta have, really have that self awareness. Yeah. To really exactly. see what, what are you actually capable of. Yeah. And if you listen, like a lot of people are not Elon Musk. Elon Musk is probably not just gonna invest in the SP. Why? He's a savage. He can outperform easily. Easily. But he knows it. Mm. And it's like literally opportunity cost for him to even do that. So it's better for him to go and try these things because his brain capacity is just mm. way bigger than all of ours. Yeah. Right. So I guarantee you, he still puts more thought than the average person, Mm. definitely, I should say, into each one of these ventures and opportunities that he actually pulls the trigger on. Like he would have, he speaks about in Joe Rogan podcast of having, what, hundreds and thousands of ideas. Like his brain never stops. Mm. He only pulls the trigger on certain few. Yeah. Because those are the ones that withstand the time of the thinking that he puts into them. Mm. That's Mm. it. And yeah, just to clarify, like with the S&P 500, for those of you that don't know, the concept is in investing, you'll find out that the saying is like, if you don't know how to beat the S&P 500, which is the market average, this is the top 500 companies in all of the US. The US is known for being like throughout history, the best place to make money. The, the best companies come from the US. Um, you can say like China's catching up and all of that, which is true, but us without a doubt has the track record it outperforms countries like australia by a long shot so the saying is you if you want to become an investor you first need to try and find a strategy that you know is guaranteed to beat the s p 500 Mm. um if it can't then you want to just join the market average just buy the whole entire us market top 500 strongest companies and you will continue to make based on history 10 percent every single year that example is all built on like the person who's want like their goal is to make money. Mm. If that's your goal to make money, then you bet on the highest probability horse. Yeah. 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 And the odds are like people that beat the S and P 500 in the investing game. It's, it's literally like no, no more than 1% can beat it. It's very low. It's very mm. tough pursuit. Yeah. There's a lot of people even now more so probably three to five years ago, you know, doing the drop shipping kind of businesses, really in depth, trying their hardest at it. But like, it was something we were around in that time. We looked at right, mm. and we found that it. We probably won't go into it today, but itself as a business is just, you know, it's a race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes, like you can outperform the S and P five hundred for one or two or three years from something that's a short term race, but then with most races like the drop shipping stuff, you you find out it's a race to the bottom because you then have competitors trying to sell the same product and all of that, then your margins start reducing and then, you know, then you don't have any profit. So yeah, it's very difficult to stay on top. So that's, that's the genius of the S and P 500. It's like 10% 
over every single year forever. So it's very hard to beat that. It's very hard to make 10% for your whole life. Mm. Mm. People just see that first thing and they're like, oh, chance to make money. Yeah. yeah got it. Yeah. If you actually think about it, there's no longevity in that decision. The consequences are in three to, you know, two or three years, you're in a world of trouble because mm. you've built your identity around being a drop shipper. Yeah. Your entire business models based on a certain revenue that's coming in. And now that stops and dries up. Yeah. You're in a world of hurt. I think uh, this is probably a good time to like start talking about a concept, yep. which is called the dip. Mm-hmm. So what the dip, this is like uh, uh, made popular by Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a really great book. Highly recommend you check it out. It's probably like only an hour and a half roughly. Yeah, it's a very short read. A very short yeah. book. But what he talks about in this book is anything that you do, like any career path or whatever it happens to be, whenever you are trying to pursue a skill, then there's always this thing called the dip that comes. And so to explain this is like, imagine you want to become an investor for an example. Like I've, I've been personally in a massive dip before trying to build a strategy to outperform the S&P 500 like we're talking about. And every single day, like you feel motivated, you're watching these people on Instagram, you know, showing laptop lifestyle, you can trade from your computer and all this stuff. You're feeling good, your energy's on a high. You start reading books, you start getting all of this knowledge in, and then you just feel like you're leveling up every single day. Mm. But then you get about two years into it, and then you realize, oh, damn, this leveling up every day, it never ends. Mm. It's not, in, and it's not going to end anytime soon. I'm not even close to being successful yet. And it's like, oh, this is, I knew it was a marathon from the beginning, but it's a real, real long marathon. And then that's when you start going downhill. Your emotions start going downhill because you feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm actually capable of this thing. And you start second guessing yourself. And that's what happens to most people is once they fall into that dip and they understand how truly hard this pursuit is, that's usually when they give up, when their emotions are at an all-time low. And the hard thing is if you can get out of the dip, then you'll be successful and then you'll actually start making money from that pursuit. And the idea is that the larger the dip, the harder the pursuit, there's a correlation there with the more money that you would make. Why? Because it's supply versus demand. Less people have gotten through that massive dip. So if it's a real hard one, you know, just think of like some sort of specialist, I don't know, like a brain surgeon or something. It's a massive dip there. There's many, many years of study, intense study that you have to go through. A lot of debt that you have to, you know, all of that combined, it might be a 10 year pursuit. Um, so if, but if you can make it on the other side of it, it's very rewarding, but mm. so many people give up and quit during that dip. So that's a little bit of a brief overview of the dip, but the way we want to look at life or when we're pursuing something is just to think, understand, oh, there's going to be a dip here involved. What's the dip going to actually be like? And do I personally have what it takes to survive that dip? Have that self-awareness. And then, like, like say, like, maybe, gee, you've got a good example of, like, say, like, university going to doing, um, what is, what was your actual story? Like, you did health science. Yeah. What did you do? Did you do something before that? Oh, before I go into that, I want to say that was a really good explanation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I actually really like that. That's a soundbite. 
That was a tough one for me yeah. to explain. That was, that was really, nah, that was really well put. Um, because I've actually read the book. I've read the book twice. First time mm. I read it, I didn't understand it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, and during that time, I was getting a lot of advice, like, oh, you know, just do, just do whatever you want to do. Just do it, man. Like, just try it out. Yeah. But like, the advice of, um, think more is so important because, like we said in the start, like, you don't want to make the mistake of. You know, you don't want to make make the mistakes because it takes so much time from you in the future. Yeah. You have to catch back. You have to go back uphill. Yeah. 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 So that's why it's so important to think about the dip before you think about doing anything. Yeah. Don't just jump into mm. it. Yeah. Like you can consider everything, but just like recognize that there's going to be a dip in it. So mm. my story was that like I went to uni and um i didn't do too well in school so i was very confused after school like what am what am i going to do i had no idea i had um you know i had people telling me like at, at school i thought i wanted to do it mm. so i was like i had people telling me oh you know just try out it just try it out and see what happens so i did it and then um i did my diploma in it and i didn't want to go back for the 3 year degree but you started with it yeah Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, there you go. So how long was the IT yeah. for? It was just one year. Just one year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what, hold on, what were you thinking during that, during the actual doing that year of IT? Like, what were you thinking? Oh, what do you mean? As in, like, obviously we know that you didn't, you moved on from IT after the first year. So during that year, like, what was the emotions going through? Oh, right. Uh, so during the whole year, I was just like, I, I just, I knew I didn't want to do it. Right. Even from the start, like I knew I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I was just in the beginning. I was very happy that I got in, especially into RMIT because, like, you know, I got a really status. bad mark. It's status, yeah, right? Status, yeah. yeah. It's like um, it's like yeah. And Naval talks about this as well, but um, it's just like my parents wanted me to go to a good uni, and I, I was like happy that I got into a good uni. But then throughout the year, like I could tell that you know I was going through like this dip, and I was like. Fuck. I don't want to do this forever. <laughs> I don't want to do this forever. And then, um, how, yeah. like, how long within that year did you notice that dip from the start? From the start. From the start. Oh, Are we talking man. the first week or yeah. literally the first? Literally week? the Fucking first, week. Hell, <laughs> first few weeks. I hated that's, it. So that's, not <laughs> that's not the most red flag to like. I probably don't want to do this for the rest yeah, of my yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I already, I already felt like I didn't want to do it. Like, I wasn't a hundred percent like, because like we have this idea of like it's either a it's either a fuck yes or a no. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. I didn't have that fuck yes. Yeah. Mm. Like looking back, I didn't know that concept, but like, yeah. But like now I know, like it's either a fuck yes or a no. Yeah. Mm. Right. Because if it's an average yes, it's gonna turn into like a no. There's gonna yeah. be like a flaw in it somewhere, most yeah. likely. Right. So I didn't hundred percent know that it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So. You know, I kind of knew that back then. Like, I was happy that I got in, but it was just like, "Fuck, I'm I'm with this forever. Like, I don't want to do this." Yeah. Forever. What about the week before that? So, like, or like when you so- actually signed up. Yeah. So when you sign on the dotted line that you're gonna do this course. Yeah. What are you thinking right then and there? Honestly, I was just happy to get into the uni. So it was just like feel that, just get into anything, was it? Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't ha- didn't and the other thing is, like, my friends were at that uni as well, and mm-hmm. there was like a right. bar near there as well. Okay. So I'm just so like, much, oh, it's gonna be so fun. It's in the city. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify, you made your decision on where to go to uni because it was a bar. <laughs> no, not because of the bar, but <laughs> but like it was, it was, yeah, it was a mix of things. Like you know, made made the family happy. Right. Um. You know, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a fucking piss take at the bar and shit. 
So, but that's not a small thing because I feel like a lot of people would make a decision based on. I've heard people make decisions on like where they want to go to uni or what they study, even like year eleven and twelve, because that's what their friends are doing. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. God damn, that doesn't not that seems like a recipe for disaster. It's always social pressure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which like it's it's a part of life, right? Like you need to understand it. Mm. Not necessarily a bad thing. You need to understand mm. it, but. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but I I kind of regret thinking like that because like, it did put me in heavy debt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think about the debt. How much was the debt from the IT? I can't remember exactly. Mm. Both both my diplomas. I'll talk about the second one as well. But both my diplomas, um, left me out of fifty k debt. Mm. Mm. And diplomas are a lot more expensive because it's like a pathway into a degree. Yep. So I'd, I'd say it was probably twenty five k for the IT one. Yep. For so the whole did, year. Yeah. One year, 25K. Yeah. Holy shit. I also shit. failed some subjects as well, so I had to redo that. Mm. All right. Yeah. So it felt like one and a half, actually. Probably because you made a decision based on being with your friends and you're yeah. fighting with your friends. Yeah. And, yeah. So you're 18 at the time, 25K in debt. Yeah. Just got through. So you just passed, did you, in the end? Just yeah. passed the first just year passed, eventually? Yeah. yeah. I actually did the IT one in the whole year. Um, The second diploma is when I had to do a few other subjects. So what's the second one? And then second one, so... There's a story behind that as well. So like I left IT because I didn't want to do it. And then I was getting a ton of pressure from like my family. Mm. Just being all like, oh, you got to do something. Like anything at uni, just mm. something. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I liked sports. So let's do health science. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember being like a decision in one day and I signed up. Literally one yeah, day. Yeah, literally one day. Like so I you- had, I remember I, I kind of knew Dylan back then. So he was telling me back yeah. then, just think about it. And I kind of wanted to take a gap year. Like I knew I wanted to take a gap year, but like I was getting so much pressure from the family just in one day. I was like, wow. health science, I signed up. Yeah. I, I relate to that because, um, so I'm Indian, right? In an Indian household, your parents. Are you? I don't know if you can tell, but I am Indian. So I actually what relate. The f- Hold on. <laughs> I relate to G because... Um, like our parents, they don't want us to waste any time, mm. but they don't realize without thinking you are wasting time in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why like, gee, you were forced, like you only took a day of thinking. I don't even think you thought about it for a day. Probably didn't. Probably it was just like, how can I just make mom and dad happy? Yeah. How can I get their approval? Here's, here's something that I have an interest in, not yeah. even a passion. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. It was just like a split yeah, decision literally. and you wouldn't have made that decision if you had to pay up front mm. only because it's hex yeah right yeah. and that's what that's how they get you yeah that's a huge thing if you pay up front guarantee you you'll fucking think yeah you will the think. game yeah because like you're young and dumb they take advantage of that oh i hate it man I they're just a- like oh it's on hex don't worry about it you can, yeah. you can just pay it off later and they're just saying like debt is good like and they're making it seem like they're giving you like you know like they're helping you out yeah but i think it may be a good analogy so a good analogy is for this one is i reckon the game is like all right success is here you're playing snakes and ladders to try and find the ladders and you're just doing stuff rolling the dice again and again and again and again mm-hmm. then you keep on hitting the snakes and you keep <laughs> on coming back down but if you just sit there and look at the game and just think all right how am i actually going to play this game of life then you realize, oh damn, there's a bloody elevator on the left. <laughs> I'll just walk over to that elevator. There's a bloody shaft on the you left. You know? And you go straight to the top. Yeah. You just skip all of that. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the best shit. I, I, me not going to uni, and I know this is all of our views, I thought I'd just preface with uni. Like, we don't hate uni mm. as a whole, right? We hate the decision, the like non-thinking decision to just go and do something. That's what we don't like, and that's pushed onto people. So, like, the big thing that's screaming to me from, like, G's story there is, like, you know, he didn't have the time, nor was he influenced correctly to make, you know, the right decision. Mm. You know, to take his time to actually make the right decision. Like, dude, you honestly could have saved you for 50K. Yeah. And just because you have somehow the age of 18 to sign on a dotted line to study something you don't fully know you want to do, mm. you can get yourself in a position where you actually can't make strong, healthy decisions for your entire life, mm. which is scary to me. That's what we don't like. Yeah. In Australia, we're actually pretty lucky with the university system because in America, you have to actually pay it up front yeah idea and all there'll be like student loans which you can never get away from yeah even if you don't have i'm pretty sure it's like job, way more expensive yeah than even if you don't have a job as well you have to somehow pay it off it'll never get off your record mm. here at least it's like deferred so we have an advantage here but we still make it the wrong decision mm. so that's something we have to be aware of um and you know you're 18 years old like dude you're a kid mm. <laughs> Your brain hasn't fully developed. Like you don't know. You haven't experienced a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. So I think yeah. Like for me, I would have also taken a gap year. Mm. Yeah. Because I was like seventeen when I went into uni. As mm. a kid, we've been on a path for the last five, six years, decade, of like thinking about what we want to do for the rest of our life and really putting like our brain to it. Mm. I'm kind of like yeah, I know most of it, but not all of it. Like, imagine if you've done nothing. And you're 17 years of age, 18 years of age. How on earth are you possibly meant to make that decision? You're Some people vulnerable. can't even. Huh? You're very vulnerable at that yeah. age. And mm-hmm. I don't want to throw conspiracies out there, but like, seems kind of like the age to, you just feel like you got enough kind of ego to make that decision, mm. but not enough brain power to realize it's potentially not the right one. Mm. I just, I just don't like as well, like society always looks down upon you if you don't go to university. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, it's pressuring you into going. Yeah. And then, yeah, like what you're touching on is like, we got this great link to this video about getting stuck in the rat race. Mm-hmm. There's no joke. Like the system is not teaching you how to think. Mm. It wants you to be impulsive. So you buy products, mm. you buy things, mm. you know? So you make the investors of these companies more money, which happens to be us. But we're, we are the investors. We see how the game is. Mm. You know, it's always just telling you, just buy, just buy, just buy. Here, you're not good enough. You don't have this product. Buy it. You're not good enough if you don't have this degree. Buy it. You know, everything is for sale mm. to make someone else money. Everything is advertising. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, you know, that kind of like lifestyle, you can get to 25 and be in so much debt with a house, a child, a uni debt, um, probably paid for a wedding, you got a new car, that kind of like, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is, but like, you know, social, like normalities, Life status kind of thing. Status quo. Yeah, that, that status quo kind of life. Like you can get yourself into an age where you're 25 and between 25 and 30 in that position. And then, you know, we're just talking about a dip. For you to be able to do anything, even just what we do, like learning about investing, everything is harder. It takes more energy, more energy, effort more willpower i think that's why i like when gary v says you could fuck up until you're 30 
and you're still young as fuck. Mm. So you still got like three, four, like three, three lives, lives ahead of you, mm. right? So you could like f- try to find, figure out, think for a whole decade mm. and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're still young as fuck. Yeah. Should we go to your second part of like yeah, health sciences and stuff? Um, yeah, so I forgot where I explained up to. So your second diploma. Yeah, okay. So that was just, um, yeah, so second diploma. I, so I finished my first diploma and then, um, yeah, I was about to leave. And then I actually really wanted to take a gap year. I had like um, Dylan whispering in my ear. Like, you know, take the gap year, just think about what you're doing. Like, um, obviously, you knew, you knew the dip back then. Mm. And, um, you know, I, lo- I, I had a lot of pressure from my family. Yep. Just being like, um, you know, don't take a gap year. If you take a gap year, you know, your life's done. <laughs> Funny story, like, I, like we had, like, um, someone bring a preacher into my house as well. <laughs> Wait, what the preacher was telling me like he he was like i could read your future and shit so he's oh, like no. if you if you don't go to uni your life's fucked you're not gonna he didn't say no. your life's fucked but like he's that's like, straight way. manipulation <laughs> yeah oh my days that's, that's intense, no man. disrespect so but like, in the kindest way that's fucked yeah <laughs> that's really sad yeah, it's sad intense, yeah. man so um i was pushing for a gap year like a lot but yeah like i said in one day i just ended up choosing health science i'm like you know what i liked health science at school i'm going to choose that and then university health science gonna be the same as health science at school yeah that's like you what you think right yeah you go to university and she's intense because yeah. <laughs> you did health science as well right yeah and i yeah. did it that was the crazy thing i had the experience because i dropped out of one yeah. and a half years of health science right so like you know like i was all in on that stuff and i used to call myself a a bodybuilder a, a <laughs> pathetic bodybuilder but i used to love all that stuff back yeah. then but you know, it was just too intense for me because it's so science-based yeah. so like when when you were like whispering to g hey take a, take the gap year because yeah. you need to like really think about things mm. and then g goes and picks health science something that you dropped out of yeah what was your thought process oh i knew he's made a mistake straight away yeah i knew he was gonna make a mistake mm-hmm. like i knew there was not a chance you would pass that course because like something they don't tell you, right? Human biology is one of the subjects that you need to focus on. The pass rate, like, it's like not even like 30% or something can pass their first go. Like everybody fails it. It's that hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's very difficult. Um, and like, they don't tell you that. Like, I wish there was like, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I don't think there's a big video, which is like a two hour introduction into the course. This is what you're going to face. These are the dips you're going to face. You know, this is what you're actually going to learn. This is what your week's going to look like. You're in a lab coat the whole time doing these, mm. these practicals. Yeah, you know, I remember that. <laughs> you know, all this stuff. You wear the goggles, these chemicals, you're mixing things. Yeah. But I feel like if they showed that, they yeah. wouldn't get people enrolled. Yeah. So that's why they don't show that. It's not their incentive. Yeah. That's wild bro because you only should get the people involved who truly want to do that exactly and i and i do think like university is good for things like if you want to become a doctor like you can't do that by yourself you need to go through uni to become a doctor probably shouldn't do it by yourself no (laughs) you should not do it by yourself so there's things like that that makes sense but then things like it health science i don't know man yeah it just doesn't make sense to me like we like all of us here have done enough research to actually know what health science is mm. like on our own. Six months of hard work and just focused effort on health science, you'll figure it out. Mm. 
A lot of people go into health science kind of just wanting to be like a PT, that type mm. of... Yeah, or a dietitian. Dietitian. Yeah. yeah. Like a nutritionist. Yeah. Nutrition, I get it. Can't you? you can just... Oh, sorry. You can just be a PT. You can just take like a 10-hour course on something and become a PT, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the funny yeah, thing is like yeah. when I chose health science, that's I only it. had... I only had like a slight interest in nutrition Fuck. at that time. I was, I could have just Google searched it for like six months and be like, oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah <laughs> right. pretty much. I didn't need to do a degree on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Dude, um, the first book, I think one of the first books that you made me read from the Hardcore Star course was um, Elon Musk's biography. And that was like really relatable to me because Elon Musk is an aerospace engineer, but it turns out he's not an aerospace engineer. He just figured out how to learn it by himself. He never went to uni <laughs> to learn aerospace engineer. <laughs> engineering. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. He just read books mm. and he got smart. Yeah. That's, that's what he says, right? Like you don't have to have a degree to go to Tesla. Yeah. yeah. But like if you built an actual rocket in your backyard and you got a little model and it works and it flies and that's, that's better, you know? Yeah. Show like you've actually built something. That's exactly. the beautiful thing about our age though. Like instead of like actually signing up for the debt, you can actually just take six months and then just research the, the yeah. fuck out of whatever you're, mm. um, whatever you want to do, and then you can learn it for free. Yeah. And then if you still want to go to uni, then you can go. You pass like that because yeah. you know all the information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you feel like because, um, like they make you the, the transition is like high, uh, high school and then uni, right? Like straight after. Yeah. Um, do you feel like because of your ATAR, you had to pick a uni course straight away? Because if you just waited a year. You can get into any course. It doesn't matter on your ATAR. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you that one. They don't tell you that. I didn't know that. It's like all the, all the high school teachers were like, you need to get a good ATAR or it's not going to get into uni. But then when I got into uni, I'm like, dude, if I just waited one more year, there's like a 40-year-old dude here yeah. <laughs> studying my course. Yeah. What's his ATAR? <laughs> I want to see his ATAR, right? Yeah. You can get into another course anytime you want after a year. Mm. Did not know that. I had a lot of friends at school, like take, taking gap years, but I think for me it was more pressure from like the Indian community. Yeah, it would have been similar with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'd, I'd like, I don't want to be racist or anything, but I had white friends taking like gap years and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, these guys were like chilling, like mm. traveling the world and shit, <laughs> coming back. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, that that was just mine, like how I how I saw it, and then um. Yeah, and then you know I'll come back home, and then you know my community would be like, "Oh, you, you know, you have to be studying, you have to be doing this, you have mm. to be doing that." You know, the actual uh, Europeans, they actually tell their kids to take gap years. Like Europeans are one of the smartest engineers in the world, smartest fuck. And um, I had a few friends that were studying in in Germany um, as like an international kind of thing from RMIT. They went to Germany. And all the engineers that they were working for, they were like, what are you guys fucking doing in uni? Like, you guys are so young to be in uni. Mm. And like all these engineers that are really smart and really happy, mm. they're like, you guys should be taking a gap year. Like, we all took gap years. <laughs> we all took time off. Mm. Yeah. So to wrap up your kind of uni experience quickly, like you ended up finishing health science. How far into yeah, health so science I did you Yeah, so I finished go? the diploma of health science and then... um. Yeah, and then I ended up being 50k debt. 50k. The end, yeah. yeah. How many years was that? All up, it was probably like two and a half. Health science. So one year for the IT, yeah, one year for the health science, oh, one and a half years for the health science. So you lost two and a half years of time, $50,000, and 
Now, if you could go back to your younger self, what would you do? Take a gap year. Take a gap year? Yeah. Push the gap year. Yep. Yeah. So go hard straight out of school, take a gap year. Yeah. Just to think. Yeah. Think more. Yeah. Yeah. And if I did have any research, if I did have any interests, I would research it for like months. Yeah. 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 Write down all my interests and research them. How would you have uh, convinced your parents and your peers? That's a hard one. Yeah. I don't know. I still would don't. you have just done it and honestly i think happens. um yeah i probably would have just done it yeah because like the thing is like after my second sorry after my first diploma um i was pushing the gap here really hard and i could tell that they were kind of leaning although mm. they were still pressuring me they were kind of like leaning like because i was pushing it so hard mm. so i reckon if i had kept my word and been like i'm taking a gap here and if i had kept my word obviously like there would have been a lot of arguments, but mm. in the end, they would have respected me for sticking to my word. Mm. I think. Yeah. 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 I think long term, if you extrapolate out that picture, if you take that time or that gap, I want to kind of say gap period, because a year is like, it doesn't have to be a year. A year gap, yeah, however long it takes. A year is too short. Yeah. To yeah. Be a, a gap as long as it takes for you to actually work out if you want to do something or not. Mm. You extrapolate out, you take that gap. Then you go and do something that you know you like, you already have interest in, you studied it previous, and then you start working in that field because you know you love it. You're going to become considerably more successful, which means you're going to be happier, which means you can provide more for your family. Your family's going to look, be happier and everything in general is just going to be better. Mm. Yeah, That's how I see it playing out. I think with parents in general, if you can show them that you're happy doing it your way, then they'll just start asking questions. Mm. Because they're like, oh, he's an adult. She's an adult now, you know? I'm not they sure figured about, it out. I'm not sure about Indian parents. Oh, that's what my parents are like now. Oh, yeah. Because, you know. Oh, um, if you if you sure, yeah. Afterwards, yeah. 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 Mm. Because, you know, for the last six years, you know, I've been talking about investing and, you know, they've been thinking that investing is risky and a scam and they only know about real estate. They don't know about anything else. So they're all like, you know, leaning towards one thing and then, um, you know, quitting my job. Decent paying job that was mm-hmm. stable as well. To do this took them took about a, like six months mm. after quitting my job for them to be like, "Oh shit, yeah, he's okay." Because they think you're yeah. gonna make a mistake because yeah. they still see you as a child at that stage. Yeah, because your reputation's low in their eyes. They're trying to look out for you, and they they're just thinking, "Oh, he's yeah. gonna quit his job, make a mistake. He's gonna end up back there again." Yeah. But then as as soon as you start showing it, showing it to the world, like who you actually are. Yeah. How much hard work has actually gone in behind the scenes to get your knowledge to this level? Then they start to realize. I think it always comes from a place of love from your parents. They're always trying to look out for you in the best way possible. Mm, yeah. It's just sometimes they think their way is the only way and the right way. Yeah, yeah. There's different ways. Mm. Yeah. And I, I did I did see a really good video like um, from Minority Mindset on Instagram, and he was saying like back in the day, like university was so like it was really needed because like people that had a degree there was less of there's less supply of people mm. that had a degree yeah. back in the day so people that had a degree was like wow this guy's special he's got a degree but now everyone has a degree mm. yeah if every single person has a degree that means like you know there's so much supply less demand for those people like i'm talking to people nowadays they get a degree and they still can't get a job Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. After like, years of getting their degree, they still can't get a job. I think this is an American stat, but it's like 
uh, only 15% of a people, uh, only fi- still 15% of people who leave uni don't have a job after four years. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. Which mm. is pretty intense. Mm. At yeah. the end of the day, it's all supply and demand. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if, if you have a skill that's in high demand, but less apply, obviously mm. you're going to be successful. Right. You've just got to find out what that is for you. The crazy thing as well about with G's example is you're thinking about the dip within the course, but then you're not even thinking about the dip at work. Once you finish the course, there's another dip there. And then can you actually see yourself in that field for 30 years? Probably surrounded by people who made the exact same decision. Didn't realize they've been a lab code their whole damn life and they're all depressed. (laughs) So you just go to work depressed every day. Now you're depressed. (laughs) Now your family doesn't like you anymore because you don't like your family. Yeah. And just <laughs> that was upsetting my bad boy <laughs> I think one good takeaway f- that I noticed after finishing uni and getting a job um, I was I was always the youngest person in any team that I worked in I could always see their regrets mm. they would always say their regrets and it's always you know I didn't take more time for myself when I was younger it was mm. always that regret every single time now that they've got a house they're like I can't really do this because I've got kids I've got a house yeah had they have just thought a little bit more when they were younger and given mm. themselves more time, yeah. things would be different. Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes you just need to get it out of your system to have fun. Mm. Like you're worn out from school. Going through year VCE is not, not easy, year 12 and all of that. You're worn out. Then jumping into something that's going to wear you out even more. Mm. You need a recharge. Yeah. Mm. Move on to the next one. Was there any examples that you guys wanted to talk about, like here, or should we just jump straight into um, how to actually think more? I think we could jump straight into how to actually think yeah. more. Yeah. All right. So I think um, an- another like concept is like how do you actually go about thinking more? So like the way you want to think about it is just imagine there's you, and now there's a thousand of you. Like they could be like in different simulations, right? Or different worlds. And those thousands of you are then doing different actions or different decisions. Like one is Chris takes a gap year. One is Chris does the IT course straight away. One is Chris goes to Nando's straight away. One is Chris uh, does nothing, just stays at home and reads books. He goes really hard on books. One is Chris reads, stays at home and reads books, but different types of books, these types of books. And then you just start playing out all of these different scenarios. And then you start to realize it, it, it will make your mind go a little wild at the beginning because there's yeah. so many possibilities. Yeah. And it will take a long time to think through this. It might take a month. It might take six months. Yeah. I think I think we should make that a little clearer as well, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, you're young as well. Like when you're taking on all this information, it's going gonna, it's gonna to overwhelm you. And it's going to be like, you're going to overthink a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, it's like, um, maybe it's, maybe overthinking is not the right word because that oh, means it's, yeah, it's like, kind of like, yeah. it's like negative. Like you <laughs> yeah. have to, you have to think. Yeah. Like if you think you're overthinking, you're probably not thinking enough Yeah. because yeah. if you think you're overthinking, that means you're stuck in the dip of the actual thinking. Yeah. It means you need to think more so you can get out of that dip. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's just cause like you're always second guessing yourself cause everyone's like, oh, just do something, you know, go ahead and like choose something cause you're wasting time, but yeah. you're not. Yeah. You know, yeah, and if you're thinking about what to do next and you're 18, 
you literally might need two years. So the gap year is probably not even enough. Mm. But then eventually you'll come to that fuck yes that we're talking about. Like, oh, I get it. This is what I can do. And you might actually come out with like five of those. These is five fuck yeses that I didn't see before because I didn't think before. Mm. Now it's like I have a good problem. I have five great opportunities. But now it comes down to probabilities. Which out of these five opportunities have the highest probability of working for me? And then just go with it. And then if one of those fail, which might be the case, you know, because you might have just had a little bit of misjudgment on that, then that's when the next concept in the dip comes in, which is know when to quit. Because as soon as you realize it, if you've accidentally made a mistake and you can't get past this thing, you know, don't quit instantly. Really give it your all for a little bit. Mm. But then you've got to know, like, you've got to quit straight away and change because otherwise you're just wasting time then. So like I see a lot of people like that are in uni, like in a similar case to what we were, you know, we didn't really like our degrees and all of that. They don't want to quit because they've got the sunk cost bias. Mm. They've already sunk so much into this in terms of time, money, their reputation because they've told their parents, they've told their family, they've got their whole identity wrapped up in this thing and now they can't quit. They don't have what it takes to quit. It's very hard to quit. But you got to identify it straight away because you can see like that path, if you're not liking it, you're going to quit no matter what anyway. It just depends on you until you're going to get burnt out and you're forced to quit. So do you want to get burnt out and forced to quit in eight years and waste eight years of your life? Or you want to quit now and save yourself four years? Mm-hmm. It's better to look at it like that. You know, because the world doesn't know what history is. The world can't see history. Mm-hmm. you got to doesn't matter what you did in the past. Just stop then and reevaluate the future. Look yeah. at what's going to happen. Change the future. Mm. It's kind of to add on to how to think, like how you just explained it with mm. different scenarios and different you know worlds of thought, right? Mm. Um, I would actually add on, you're going to be making a lot of assumptions mm. with like whatever decisions that you need to take or, or the outcomes of the decisions that you're going to take. You have to make those assumptions as conservative as possible, meaning mm-hmm. that you don't prepare for the best case scenario. You prepare for the most uh, most realistic scenario. That's a, that's a really good point. Really good point. Because if you're always preparing for the best case, chances are, this is just pure math, chances are it's not going to happen. Yeah. Best case never happens. So always prepare for the either the worst case or the most realistic case. That's and when you plan point. that way, chances are higher that you're going to actually succeed in your thought, mm-hmm. whatever you're thinking. Even if you, if you, you know, if you have, uh, what, what was the word you used? Assumptions. If you plan, if, sorry, if you plan for the most realistic case, yeah. any other variable from that is going to be considerably easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it was like, exactly. It's always like best practice. Yes. Because if you plan for the best case, when the shit comes down you're screwed yeah it's like when you're thinking of like thousand different scenarios you're going to be making a lot of assumptions Hmm. you know for example when gee if you're you know you decide i'll take the gap year and i will just read books right and if you're just assuming i'm going to read 10 books a month that's like ideal scenario that you're going to read 10 books a month what's the realistic scenario that you're going to read 10 uh, books Mm -hmm. in a month so you got to be realistic about that then you can kind of track your progress for the whole year. Yeah. You got to really have self-awareness. About self-awareness. Because mm. everybody says that. 
you know, oh, I'm going to have a gap year because oh, I'm going to work 50 hours a week. I'm going to read 10 books, uh, you know, a year and all this stuff. And like, are you sure you can do that too? Yeah. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> no, I'm starting now. <laughs> yeah. So always be conservative with your approach of thinking. Yeah. That was a really good point. Yeah. That's a clip. Good shit, Samba. Good shit, Samba. that yeah. one down. What, what was you guys' experience when we first started talking about this? Because I have a feeling that when I first told you boys about this, like it seemed a little bit like we were a little bit crazy. Um, was that the case? Like, about, why are you about, thinking about a thousand different scenarios? Maybe yeah. not woo woo, but like, I don't know what I want to do. Go away, leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just pure ego. Like, you know, For I got. Me, I have an idea of what I want to do. For me, like, I come from a very analytical way of thinking. So, like, that's why I did engineering because mm. that's what I'm good at, solving problems and finding different ways to solve a problem. Um, I didn't know how to apply that way of thought to my life. Mm. I knew how to apply it to a job yeah. because it was, there was, it, was, it was like a structure behind it. I needed to achieve a specific outcome. For me, the problem was I couldn't vision what I should be getting. I couldn't visualize what I need to get, which is why the actual thought process to get that was hard for me. Mm. Yeah, that's a ripper. Yeah, and it is. It's a very foreign concept. Like most people, are like oh, you got. Some people say you don't don't even have a plan B. It's just plan A, go all the way. Yeah, you, you, got you got only got two <laughs> We got a thousand different strains of thought. <laughs> <laughs> we got Delta. Yeah. We got- <laughs> 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 yeah i just wanted to yeah what when you explained it to me i i i genuinely like i don't know i, th- I thought that was time wasting time oh yeah 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 because like i'm like bro if i just sit there for like days or weeks thinking mm. about a thousand different c- scenarios of my life mm. like and I'm, i don't actually like tangibly do anything like mm. like people can't visually see me doing anything mm. like isn't that a waste of time mm. so oh, in my, in my head one. it was like that yeah, like, yeah. That's uh, a good one, i've seen like personally like people like talking about like actual application of this stuff um you know it, it's, it's it's just sad to see because we, we're trying to help as much as possible like i've seen like someone start like a say a socks business like socks mm-hmm. and they have this idea like oh i'm gonna be able to sell all these socks and then they start taking action. They're working so hard. And then society's rewarding them saying, man, you're a hustler. You're going so well. <laughs> and then behind the scenes, they're sinking their only five grand that they have. So now oh. they're, they're even. So their yeah. stock on their balance sheet is just $5,000 worth of socks. And then they come to the dip and they're like, oh, there's nothing good about my socks. I have no economies of scale. So I can't buy in bulk like the big players can. So my pair of socks cost 40 bucks and there's no profit margin in it for myself. No one wants to buy a $40 pair of socks because mine aren't any better than the rest of the competition. And they're stuck holding the bag, Hmm. like a literal bag of socks, you know? (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) And then, you know, it's it's, it's sad to see, but like, that's the thing with the society was just always rewarding that, taking action. They just thought they would be able to save the five grand, save the time. They might be able to sink the five grand into something else that has a high probability of success. One thing on the, a thousand years I was just thinking about then of like when it actually hit for me, I was like, when did it actually make entirely sense? It unfortunately, it was a mistake, mistake on my end, it took me to get into a, a, like a dip in my own head 
like a dip in my own life of like, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? Mm. Done this, I've done that. I've got nothing to do. I don't know where the hell I want to go. I'm terrified. I'm scared, like, et cetera, et cetera. It took that principle, you know, being repeated back to me again. Not the first time I heard it repeated back to me for me to be actually really, you know, understand it, do it, and then find the comfortability in, you know, the small progression throughout that journey mm. of finding, you know, the right thing continuously. Yeah. How long did it take you to get to that realization from when Dylan first approached you? The first time he said it until I actually understood it? Yeah. Uh, the answer is years. I don't know specifically. Hmm. So years of repetition for you to finally get it. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a... When those mistakes, we did that mistake on podcast, some of those were like, all right, you made that mistake, you learned from it. Some of them were, I've made that mistake continuously and continuously and continuously for years mm. and then it's kind of like either a light bulb or you know it was found a way was found to say it in a certain in a different way for me to understand it or i had different perspective now so i, I had like the fundamentals that we speak about at the bottom of the tree i had that more of those fundamentals so i could actually understand yeah. what was being said mm. Right. Without the fundamentals, you can't see the world. You can't see it for what it is. Mm. Got to have those fundamentals. Yeah. So now that you guys got it, you understood the thousand scenarios. Then what happened? Like once it clicks, and then you start implementing the thousand scenarios, what happens to you guys then? One thing is, I guess, priorities themselves become clear mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not aligned with anything mm. on you know my journey, my path of where I want to go, what I want to do. Um, the vision, the goal itself becomes clearer mm. because you know you have a tangible way or a tangible plan to get there. Mm. Um, for me, it was everything heightened. It was just like, oh, it was like a light bulb. Mm. But what was the like the worst? I mean, so the first week feel like. So you finally understand the concept and then you got to start thinking in terms of all of these different scenarios. I'm, I'm guessing it's very overwhelming to like have this thought for the first time. Like I remember contemplating, like when I first came across this idea, I was just thinking like, oh damn, I've got that much thinking to do. I'm actually scared to think. Mm. Like I actually don't uh, want to yeah. think because then your ego gets involved. It's your ego is scared because your ego is always there to protect you saying, oh, Dylan Weston knows the answer, you know? And then for once, it's like, well, I mean, it always happens. Like, but in this instance, it's like, I had to come to the realization, I don't know the answer to what my life is supposed to be like. And like, you're supposed to know that. So then it takes so many hours to figure out and find your path. Did you feel like you had a moment of the world is my oyster oh the world is my oyster yeah mm. after, after after understanding uh, that yeah, concept after getting mm. after getting through it because i feel like what you're supposed to do is find out what not to do mm -hmm. everybody's trying to find what to do uh -huh. you're supposed to find out what not to do so like does dylan is dylan weston a firefighter no is he a police officer no is he an accountant no is an engineer no is he this no is he that no is he this no is he this no is he this no you keep on going until you find some yeses. Mm. 
can Dylan Weston become an, uh, a restaurant uh, preneur? You know, maybe. All right, let's put in the maybe clause. Mm. Can Dylan Weston become an investor? Maybe. Yeah. And he did this. Maybe. Let's, and then just write it on a Google sheet, literally. Yeah. Got all the no's and you got the maybes. Yeah. And I think that gets refined more and more over time. Mm. Mm. More and more. Every single time you start moving into a certain period, you start doing it more. Mm. So understanding what you like about a lot of things, what you don't like about certain things. Yeah. It's the refinement in those, that thinking continuously. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's ever a, now I know what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like literally a checklist. It's like, all right. Huh, I actually didn't mind that part of that. Yeah. That was good fun. Yeah. Hated that part. Didn't like that part. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And you just continuously see checking off. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you feel like at some point you were detached from your identity? This is a bit deep, but like, did you guys, did you feel like because you were literally going through like so many different mm-hmm. roles for you? you detached yourself from everything. Mm. So then you saw it without a bias. Yeah. And then you picked whatever is a maybe. Yeah. And then you're not like, you're not biased towards anything. Mm. You're just like open-minded and detached yeah. from every kind of thing that you can become. Yeah. You, you, you hit a mental dip of you don't even know who you are yeah. anymore. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who, who am I? Yeah. 100%. It's similar for me. Like, I remember going going out to parties and, talking to people and like you know first conversation is oh what do you do for work <laughs> or like what are you doing at uni and I'm, I'm, i'll just go blank i'll be like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> even that will like trigger me i'll be like yeah. what <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like those um olivia's that sit in front of the classroom with yeah. all the answers the ones that you want to ride hook yeah, yeah. and they you always ask them like hey like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I've got to do this to Korea. I don't know. Mate, you're 16. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know yet. That's why you're about to get right hooked. <laughs> the person with all the answers is always the person who has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Dude. Like, you can't know. It's just ego. Dude, yeah, Olivia actually. thinks she's a fucking fortune teller. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. Imagine we have an Olivia watching us. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's funny because um I remember reading in the four hour work week when uh, Tim Ferriss was like faced with that problem, like of like when people would ask him what does he do because he does a ton of different things. Right, mm. he's like a podcast or author. Um, if if it's like a quick chat, he's just like I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, dude. What a life. That's epic. <laughs> oh, you say you're a doctor, yeah? Huh? No, no, no. People ask me, what do I do? I say I'm unemployed and homeless. <laughs> That's what I say as well. Yeah. yeah. That's the funny shit. I don't know why I added homeless. But... Dude, the funny thing is like recently, um, we had like a, a longtime family friend, like an auntie stay over at my parents' house because they're moving to a different state. And then I visited her. I haven't seen her in ages. So then I visited my parents and then she was there and we were talking and then she was asking me, hey, what do you do now? And I'm like having to explain to her like that I'm investor but secretly unemployed. <laughs> like she just didn't get it. And then she was like, "Oh, that's nice." And then she just goes on talking to my sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they'll I, never get us. <laughs> I have moved to just saying I'm just working on me, trying to be the become you know the best version of me. I yeah. say that a lot to people just because like it's something they've they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah. Like that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean you're just working on you? I'm just like, I'm just. 
you know, working towards understanding everything about me and understanding about the world and just trying to become the best, best version of myself, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, you can't say that in an Indian household, man. Huh? You can't say that in an Indian household. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, hard to get a <laughs> it's hard to get across in a white family too because these people just go, are you all right? Are you okay? But I just say I'm looking I think it's important. I just say I'm looking into business. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's important to put, to kind of like separate the difference, put something out there. It's like, damn all right he clearly thinks wild like yeah very very different even if it's mysterious and different you you don't explain the entire picture because sometimes you simply can't because they need so much more knowledge Mm. to be able to understand the picture Mm -hmm. it's like i just try and kind of create a little bit of a difference and maybe get them thinking about like thinking about their lives a little bit differently themselves as well yeah like try and use each opportunity to add a little bit of value even in that way help inspire them yeah Yeah. and i think like what we're trying to really say is find the truth Mm. right the truth in yourself what you really want to do and there's like that really nice quote from kanye west where the truth seems crazy in a world full of lies Mm. we're always lying to ourselves that we want to do something and then we just so to us like we literally live our lives the way we want to live with truth right so to other people it seems crazy that's a ripper makes so coin. much sense. That's a ripper coin. Goddamn Kanye. <laughs> Goddamn Kanye. I really like how you're saying like, um, just, just, yeah. When you're young, especially, you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. You man. literally don't know anything. Like, as, yeah. as soon as you accept that, then you can mm. start moving forward. Mm. Yeah. The thing is about being young is like, just one of our ideas, and I'm not saying it's perfect or, because it isn't, but it's just like, this is always an opportunity cost of, something that is kind of like our default template which is like i reckon i really believe in like taking a year off saving up over the holidays just working some part-time jobs doing different types of jobs getting different fields to feel what it's like to see what you gravitate towards learn all of these new skills do that for one to two years so you got all this money invest a bit of it spend half of it traveling the world as well give yourself some perspective because you got to think of opportunity costs, not in only in terms of money, because yeah, if you work hard for two years, invest that at the age of 18 and 19, literally by age 30, you can be a millionaire off that money if you work hard, you know, for those first two years. But you also, more importantly as well, you've got to have the right mindset and the right knowledge to compound as well. So by going and traveling overseas at a very young age to get that perspective of going to those places like Bali and you know, Southeast Asia and Africa and all of that stuff, South America, like we're talking about, then that gives you the ability to keep the money. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is like, if you make money too easy, too quick and too simply without putting in too much hard work, seeing what the world's actually like, you can lose your sense of reality as well. And that's where it comes into like the trust fund kids. It can happen the same way. I've seen many people become multi-millionaires too easily and then it screws their head. And then, you know, they feel like they're a king. I've seen them shouting at, you know, people not for delivering their cutlery wrong and all this stuff in restaurants. You know, like it's very important to compound all of those things. It's not only money, it's knowledge and it's your character. It's you as a human being. Mm -hmm. If you can compound all three of them, then that will result in optimal success. Mm -hmm. But if you only focus on the money, it's not going to be good enough. Mm. 
Yeah, 100%. Clip. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, man. What's the next point, boys? Um, what do we got there? We can do... Um, maybe, should we talk about, like, waiting before making a decision? Yeah. 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 I think, like, the thing that we always talk about is, like, you, you want to make decisions in your life slow. Or, like, you need to think about what are the consequences consequences of this action that i'm about to take if it's a big opportunity cost like 50 grand in debt you really got to put a lot of time into that because it's a big consequence but if it's just like oh i'm going to lose if i choose between like say the socks again this pair of socks or that pair of socks dude like half the time you may as well not even think about it just buy both and just try it because there's no consequence just like you know a few dollars yeah so just do it you know, think like that. But if it's a big consequence in terms of time and money, um, because money is time as well, you can buy back your time from having assets that work for you. Um, so you don't have to even work. So if it's a massive consequence, you've got to dedicate a lot of time towards that. So we always say, like, you never make a decision on the day, especially at nighttime when you're tired. Because mm-hmm. going back to the willpower battery, you know, your intelligence is just not an all-time high at nighttime. It's just not you at nighttime. A better reflection of you is like when you wake up in the morning, but like not even when you wake up in the morning because you're going to be a little bit drowsy. It's probably two hours after that and hopefully that's around, you know, 9 or 10 a.m. when the sun's up. That's probably when you're at your most ideal to make decisions. So you always want to sleep on it first and you always want to wait like quite a while. Like if it's a big decision to start a huge whole company, like you're a whole business, you probably want to sleep on the idea for three months to six months, um, unless it's a race. Mm-hmm. Like some businesses are a race, like um, network effect businesses like Facebook and stuff like that. But even in that case, you can argue you don't need to start straight away because, you know, Facebook was behind compared to MySpace and all of that stuff. They still overtook them. So you can argue against that concept too. But, you know, you, you really want to think about it. If you're starting a big business and you're going to sink that 5 or 10K into it in six months of your life, you got to think about it because that's a lot of money, that's a lot of time, and also reputation. Because if you fail at it, yeah, people will reward you by saying, oh, at least you had a shot. But what they're actually thinking, many people, and it's not the right way to think about it because there's nothing wrong with failure, but some people are thinking like, oh, I knew he was going to fail his business anyway. Mm-hmm. I was just encouraging him because... You know, like I didn't want to make myself look bad. Mm. So like something that Naval says is he never motivates his friends anymore to start companies. He used to always push it on everybody saying, you need to start a company. You need to start a business. It's going to really be so much success for you. Your life's going to be so much better. Then he realized people to be able to start companies, they need to have a certain set of criteria. You know, they need to have certain attributes to be able to be successful at that. So now what he says is like, he will tell the honest truth. Like mm-hmm. if they have a business idea, he will try and, uh, you know, look at all the negatives, look at all the flaws and the holes in that thing to try and talk them out of it. And if they still stay the game, then he knows like, oh, this guy's really thought about their stuff. Now I'll support it. Because you, you don't want to, you know, if, if they don't know the holes in their own thing, you know, the, the odds are it leads to failure and you want to save them. Mm-hmm. Talking about those holes, like that's what time actually allows you to do say with hardcore head start like it'll like this has been a plan for like what nine years 
Yeah, very long time. This is not overnight. We just started releasing a podcast. Like, mm. we've Dylan's been doing the thinking to fix every single possible hole that could ever come up mm. across our entire span of business in general, mm. right? In his own personal life, in this business. For me, I've made a um, crucial error of you know taking out a loan and buying a car, not doing enough thinking, made a decision way too quickly, not understanding the entire costs of that. I I knew opportunity cost. I understood opportunity cost. I thought I did anyway. And I still went and took out a $30,000 loan. And, you know, the right, I, I did a little bit of research. But before you get into that, like what, what made you want to get a car? Yeah. So I drove around a death trap for a little bit. Um, for about, pretty much when I got my license, I had an accident relatively quickly, unfortunately. Um, and I drove uh, this car around with kind of like a flapping bonnet, which is kind of a um, essentially my character back then. A little bit average. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so when I went to buy a new car, I kind of justified I might start this business doing lawn mowing or something. Right. Yeah. I thought if I go get a truck, I can claim it back on tax. It'll be completely fine. And did I, you think I, about that business? The lawn mowing business, like a lot before you, you not a lot. Yeah. Not even like nowhere near enough. How long right. would you say you thought about it for? Not enough for me even to be making business decisions based on that at all. Yeah. Like it like I did have logos and I had like kind of an idea of how I wanted to go about and do it, but I hadn't started taking any action in that regard at all. Mm. Right. Uh, thinking deeply or actually going out and, you know, um, promoting or doing the work itself. Uh, so I justified that I will start a company one day doing lawn mowing to buy the ute that I ended up um, getting a loan for, which is around $32,000 in the end. Um, but kind of like not thinking about that enough led me to that decision, but it also didn't allow me to understand kind of like a lot of the running costs that come with the car, et cetera, et cetera. So like I thought, like I just got him here to say, I'm like to, for the cost of that car, it cost me $260 a month in lit, like uh rent or lit, uh, the loan, the yeah, loan itself, yeah. paying back the loan was yeah. $260 a month. The insurance, because I was so young and I'd already had a car accident, my insurance was $175 a month. Far out. Because it's like it was a really nice car. Like that's rel- that's really expensive for yeah. insurance. That's not cheap. And then because this certain car that I got needed special oil, it cost me like a thousand dollars every three or four months for oil, for maintenance, for a, a lot of stuff like that. And then um, I would also get it detailed because I'm like, oh, it's a company car. Get it detailed. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. It wasn't that much. It was like 80 bucks mm. once a month or something like that. And then fuel was like $100 a week every two weeks. It wasn't too bad because it was diesel. But it's actually pretty cheap. But um, the point there is like, if I did more thinking in that regard specifically, you see those different kind of, like running costs and little things 
So some people can just look at the larger price of something and go, okay, I earn this much. It's going to cost me that much. Done, fine. Yeah. But it's the intricacies and the details of every single decision that if you don't do enough thinking, you won't come across until it's too late. Mm. What was your um, financial position at that time? How were you? I was all right. Like, wasn't probably investing as much as I should, but I was also earning a decent clip. Yeah. So I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I was driving. So it would have been, it, it could have been anywhere from like 1250 to two grand a month, uh, a week. Okay. So like, it wasn't at a desperation for you to start the business. No. Yeah. No, no, no. But why, why did you actually buy the car then? Yeah. Well, ego. Yeah. Okay. So I was just like, oh, I've been around in this really shitty car for so long. So I'm going to show everybody and I'm going to have this really good one. Yeah. Yeah. basically and i at that time no fault of their own um i did have some people telling like yeah do this because that's what we've done etc cetera, etc cetera, which is just a fault in my own mindset because i'm like that's not the life i necessarily want to live nothing wrong with their life nothing that i wanted to live mm. so i was taking advisement for no wrong people obviously mm. um but that's completely on me and then entirely on me because that's a decision that i made and should have seen very comfortably mm. before that but yeah the decision was purely based on ego um and it it took me probably eight to eight to ten months to realize kind of that decision and then unfortunately it took me a little bit longer to actually sell the car mm. and that actually interestingly enough after i sold that car was when it was around the time i ended up actually going to bali mm. um when i had a different decent perspective shift so that entire period there was a mm. yeah quite an interesting mm. what was your key takeaway after you sold the car like what lessons did you learn yeah it was just it's i i can see how easily you can get yourself into a bad position mm. and i was in a relatively good position even though i had the car but mm, that's a good point for i can see how people who have you know the advisement of not the best people around them mm. can just go with emotions and get themselves in a really, really bad place. Mm. Um, it also highlighted kind of the the speed I was trying to understand knowledge, but wasn't truly like embodying it. Mm. Like I was still even at that stage trying to get the book done, not trying to understand and apply that thing mm. that yeah. I was learning, yeah. which yeah, highlighted a massive flaw, uh, yeah. which I've definitely... 100 percent fixed now mm. yeah because there is kind of like two different stories there. there's one hey i'm going to sacrifice with a really shitty car and then boom i got the big boy yeah it's like they're but not really aligned they're not aligned but they kind of are because the sacrifice was in ego as well mm. because it was in like huh i'm the one who has a fucking shitty car and i'm doing this 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 and this and this mm. so it was like oh, look at me what i can become with a shitty car mm. right so it was still like probably not the necessarily right mindset mm. It had the makings of being the right mindset, but mm. I believe there was still, yeah. So like of, now you don't have a car, but you can nah. still get around, right? Do you feel like the lesson, one of the lessons that you learned was to have fewer possessions? Like you don't need to have a lot of possessions um, necessarily. I think you boys know, like I'm relatively kind of like a minimalist anyway. Yeah. I don't need, like it wasn't like, a car was that convenient. Like I don't leave the house anymore anyway. <laughs> I'm a homebody. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of like, 
it also didn't really make sense to have a car. That's why I haven't purchased a new one, even yeah. at a cheaper price, because for me, on a, just a cost basis, it doesn't make sense for me to own a car because mm. anywhere I want to go, I can just Uber there. I don't exactly. have to have you know the running costs I was just speaking about. I don't have to have the cleaning time. I don't, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. Uber's really cheap. Like in our lifestyle, where we don't have to you know, go to work every day. Yeah. It's only like we need to leave somewhere once a week. I actually yeah. did the math. Even when I was going to work every day, it was still cheaper mm. than owning the car. That's crazy. Which is wild. But yeah, I still use some of that time to walk as well, which, you know, allowed me to read more, mm-hmm. which allowed me to understand more, which, mm. yeah, it was just, that was a very interesting period in my life because that's kind of where I believe like I started taking everything considerably more serious mm-hmm. I personally think yeah. um, so how would how would you view how would you have improved like if you could like we're saying back with G if you could go to your younger self mm-hmm. what would you say to your younger self in that situation yeah I think it starts way back then when it's like do the work like, I think it all stems from like, do the knowledge properly, like, understand what it is you're talking, like you're, you're learning, like, because if I embodied all of that information, there isn't a chance I make that mistake. Mm. That doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, yeah, I think, it's just, I, I think it's that in general, yeah. just across the board. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think like, as well, like you came to the, yes, I'm going to buy this car too quickly? way too quickly when you had the idea and it became a a thing that you're going to buy it how long was that well my problem is i decide i'm doing it and then i just have to find something that relatively fits it and i press pull the trigger doesn't even have to be a hundred percent has to be very close and i'm like yep i can justify that's a win easily um so the whole process of buying a car within inside a month Mm. which seems like a month, but if you haven't bought a car, you know a month is not that long time. Mm. Uh, and we speak about making decisions, especially large decisions. Like we're talking about $30,000 here. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of money. You know, and it wasn't a loan, so didn't lose all that much. Mm. But on running costs and what I actually had to sell the car, I took a loss there as well. Mm. So Also the added stress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. Added stress of actually driving as well. I very much, I get car sick as well, but I very much prefer taking an Uber mm-hmm. than having the stress of owning that vehicle and potentially having an accident. Mm-hmm. I, I relate to that because, you know, I have a car and it's parked in the car park outside. And, you know, some days I'm just like, I'm just like worried because, you know, anything can happen, right? Anything, anyone can fucking, you know, break into the car or, you know, damage the car and then, it's not about how much it'll cost. It's the actual work required to fix that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just time. Like, I don't yeah. care about the money. It's like, I don't want to be involved. I don't want my head to be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was saying about the possessions, like having fewer possessions. Now you don't really need a car. Yeah. Right? yeah. It no, just I'm, takes away that stress. I don't go anywhere. If I need, like, even I've even looked into, like, if I want to go on a trip somewhere, right? I want to go for a drive. Well, what do they do? The ocean road or some yeah. shit. Yeah, great ocean Just road. rent a car. Yeah, you exactly. Get a convertible for the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> get a goddamn Mercedes, boys. We're just, just exactly. chilling. Just yeah. chilling, you know. Take a few Instagram photos. Yeah. And you're good. <laughs> but that was not even that long ago, so. Yeah. yeah. It's um, big, yeah. 
Interesting one. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe a lesson in there is, I know personally, whenever I feel like I want to buy something, like I always want to buy shit. <laughs> but like, so, you know, you always find the good shit. Yeah. And then like, like for me, like, it, like say with me, like I love tropical fish. And I always look at these big 12 foot fish tanks. Gun Jones? Yeah, I'm like, I've got to tell the boys, like, boys, one day there's going to be a 12 foot fish tank in here. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> and like, I'm like, you know, I can always say like, oh yeah, I deserve it now. I worked so hard for 10 years and all of that. But then as long as you just don't think about it, like just let it, like just sit on it, rest on it for three months. For me around the three months mark, I'm like, I'm onto something else. And now I'm thinking about, you know, a new motorbike or a new boat or a new watch, you know? Yeah. Something. Mm. But it always takes like around three months and you don't want it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of like, what is it going to add to my life? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I buy it, how much is it adding to my life? Yeah. Mm. And usually, the answer is eh, well, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the truth with most physical possessions. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't really add much to your life. It's just there to like give you a, like a high for a couple of weeks, and mm. then you get over it. And mm. again, like in that video that we was talking about. Um, we won't ruin too much, but like, you know, the, the, it's about a, a mouse in a rat race pretty much. Mm. And, you know, he buys a, a Ferrari and then he's happy for a few minutes or a, f- a few frames. And then he's stuck in traffic on a rainy day with yeah. the top down <laughs> and he's just depressed. One of the pains of that as well is if, you're, if your happiness comes from buying those materialistic things, you have to continuously step it up. Mm. Yeah. You have to chase your way to the mm. the yacht that you can't afford. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to actually. It's a little bit off topic. But I sorry. wanted to add as well. Like, um, I hope people don't miss the point of Doc story. Like, when I was saying, don't buy a car. Like, if you need a car, mm. like for for my job, I, I need a car because like, it actually makes me income, mm. which yeah. I can invest. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I do disability care, so I'm gonna. I need to drive to different locations. A lot of the times, I can't just rely on Uber. And I need to take the clients around in my own car. So I need to. But what car do you have? You got a. And I've got a. I've got a crappy car, like a Toyota Camry. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say that's that's a nice thing because it's a reliable Toyota Camry. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know? That's right. Yeah. You don't have so, a Volkswagen or something like that. Yeah. It, it's funny because like yeah. my my um I would have people like teasing me about it like oh you're driving around in a Toyota Camry <laughs> so old, such an old person car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're worth quarter <laughs> milli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of your silly little Toyota camera. <laughs> your car's nice. Yeah. Maybe a car that would have been better would be a Corolla hatchback. It's probably more efficient, cheaper. Yeah. So I would say go down the level. Because mm. the thought process behind that is you need to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah. Right? In like the most efficient way. Like that's how you should be thinking about that. Yeah. Not how do I get to point A to point B in the most lavish way? Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's not necessary. Yeah. 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 I have a little sister who's 17 and we're going through that period of trying to buy a car right now. If you are that age of buying your first car and you're looking at anything over water car prices now, like five, six thousand dollars. Cause yeah, maybe 10 cause of inflation now. Inflation boys. But there's good cars for five and six. Mm. Don't even, I don't want to hear if you, okay, let's just be very honest. Then if you're thinking about getting a loan for your very first car, not a chance. Silly, very, very silly. Immediately, it's too much, man. Because yeah. you're tied down to that now. Well, you go get a loan, and then you have an accident because the rate at what you have an accident at seventeen, eighteen, at eighteen when you first get your P's, it's the highest percentage of all time mm-hmm. of your whole entire driving career. 
So just be smart and think about that as well. And I was actually lucky with this car. My parents actually um, handed it down to me. Mm. So you didn't pay for it, right? Uh, yeah. Eventually, like once I made money back from investing, I paid them back. That's good. I paid them back yeah. double, actually. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom got you, man. Even without the know, knowing about the investing, she got me. <laughs> yeah, one of the main points as well of the story, of my story, is like think about why you're always doing something. Yeah. Like think. Yes, you have to think as deep as possible. Understand, but you understand, understand exactly why it is you want to want that thing. Why you want to make that decision. What is driving you to make that decision? For me, it was purely ego. You know, are your emotions driving that decision? Yeah. You know, why, 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 why? Ask that question continuously. And you'll usually um, come to a relatively, you know, the correct answer. That's it, man. I think the, the thing as well, like just to touch on G's thing where he paid double, that's actually talking about in terms of adding value back. Yeah. He got something for free. Dude, that's not fair, man. Yeah. You know, so like if you got something for free, nah, pay it back, at least pay it back. And play, pay interest on it too. You know, it's your it's your family at the end of the day. Yeah. You don't want to take from your family. You know, that's you don't right. want to take from anyone. So you want to give more to your family. That's and that's right. what you do. You pay it back double. Mm. So that's what we do. That's what we do, boys. Mm. Um, I think the next point there is don't be a passenger on a train. Mm. Do you want to discuss that? Yeah, it's just like feels like a lot of people they have um, you know, like the herd mentality. In society they're not free thinkers um and it's, it's sad because it's just like they haven't come across these concepts of how to think so they don't even realize it but it's it's like they're they're like a, a passenger on the train or they're a passenger on the bus and they're just getting taken somewhere you know and they're just going along for the ride they're not really thinking it through they're just like just doing it just doing it and then hopefully it ends up in the right place but like no you can actually become the driver of this thing you can actually think about exactly where you're going. And that's like super important. So like maybe something in terms of like we see it all the time is people like straight away, they're buying like a, a house, usually mainly for social reasons, you know, and they, they just want to buy a house. That's, it's like, it's a race between our friends. It's always a race who can get the house first, you know, and then they can show it off and they, then they've got the Instagram photo. Look at me, I've got my house. And um, they're not really thinking it through all the way to the end. What does that actually mean? You know, now you're, you're locked into a mortgage, so you lose your freedom. You now are required to have that income coming in every single week. You know, you've got maintenance that you have to do. You've got a, a massive house to take care of. You've got lawns to mow and all of this stuff. Mm. You know, people don't think about everything. Mm. so it's, it's really important to think about every detail think with the end in mind and do it for yourself you know all right buying a house is a good thing all right but how come then most people every time they buy a house they look at how much they have for that 20 percent deposit and they look at their budget and they spend that whole 20 percent like they sent they spend their whole net worth every time mm. you know a smart person never <clears throat> invests their whole net worth on a house that they live in you know, no, no uh, billionaire investor has ever done that. You know, like Warren Buffett says, like he always says, like, you know, you keep it to an absolute minimum. Like it's, it should be a small percentage. Um, you know, you want to have like six times more money than that deposit when you actually go to deposit. 
So he's actually got six other deposits, like, you know, or five other deposits for houses. And the funny joke is when they ask him all the time, like, when are you going to buy a house? And Charlie Munger, he's always like, it's when your wife forces you to. (laughs) (laughs) True. But like, really forces you to. (laughs) You say no for many years. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, that's that's how you need to think. Yeah. I just wanted to say like, um, with that point, like that's a, that would be like a lead back into extreme ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Like into our last uh, podcast from, uh, I don't, know, I don't remember what it was, four. episode four, yeah, about extreme ownership. Like when I realized like I could take extreme ownership of my life, mm. like that's when I started thinking more heavily mm. and it was overwhelming, but like that's when I started thinking more heavily. Mm. I was like, wow, I can control all this thing. I can actually be the um driver of the train yeah yeah that i'm on and i think like maybe not everyone can be a driver but at least know what train to get on Mm. right so you don't have to like again you don't have to create something from scratch for example hardcore head start it already exists we have a vision your vision doesn't have to be something different you can just literally have the same vision as us Mm. and get on this path with us You know, is driver of the train about your own life though, or like is it about starting something? You can say both, both, both yeah, yeah. yeah. Both. So, in your own life, it's a, you're the driver of your train, yeah. yeah. So, that comes down to extreme ownership, yeah. and then like you know, making decisions shouldn't be based on what other people are doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I agree with you, yeah. yeah. If you're you don't have to be like, um, you don't have to start your own company all yeah. the time, mm. that's what we do, like, we don't we don't start the next Facebook. We just invest in Facebook. <laughs> yeah. We don't start the next Amazon because Bezos will destroy us. Yeah. Yeah. We just invest in Bezos. Yeah. And that's yeah. our message. Yeah. Our message of hardcore is just, yeah, invest in the best. Yeah. We're not the best. Invest in those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we know we're close to the best. Yeah. We're getting there one day, yeah. hopefully, yeah. with all the work and you know effort, yeah. but we invest with the best people. Yeah. But for your own personal life, extreme ownership <laughs> watch that podcast so cool. <laughs> shout out, shout out. <laughs> i think talking about the extreme ownership in terms of your life as well i hear so many people i see them with the house they have a house and they was like oh but you don't understand my life is so hard i got a job and all of this it's like but yeah but if you didn't make that decision mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to have all these complaints yeah. <laughs> you know? right. yeah. there's literally you've made those complaints right. a reality yeah you know, like you got to think about it. Like some people, they really need that house and it makes them feel so good and there's an investment strategy behind it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a good decision. I'm not saying buying a house is a bad decision. Sometimes it's a great decision. Mm-hmm. Like just really think through it. But then that's just one scenario. Another scenario could be a person doesn't have that thought process, buys a house not knowing what the consequences are, mm-hmm. gets stuck in a job for 30 years because they have to pay off that that mortgage over 30 years. That affects, you know, you probably can't take as much leave as you want. You can't probably travel as much as you want. You know, it affects those kind of areas of your life mm. and you don't really think about that. Mm. Yeah. Every action has a consequence. Mm. Yeah. Always will. That's how it works. Yeah. So if, you, if, you're, if you're saying, if you have a house and you're saying, I want to travel the world, it's going to be harder for you mm. because now you're, you're confined to this location and you're paying for this land and house yeah. with your job and your time. So how is it actually going to make sense for you to travel the world? That's so it's like those type of consequences come from a lack of thinking. Mm. Yeah, not thinking with the end in mind. Yeah. So think about what is the outcome. Now break it down in little steps. 
and you can see like these are all the consequences going to happen is that good if it's good then do it if it's bad don't do it and be like like we said before be realistic don't be optimistic yeah. with your assumptions oh, yeah. or your end goals be realistic or worst case scenario and your worst case scenario shouldn't be low it should be high still your worst case mm-hmm. yeah well like what's the word for that like rational optimist right logical yeah. optimist yes yeah. rational mm-hmm. optimist rational maximizer as well yeah 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 and that's the, that's the great thing as well like i i know there's always going to be something in my life coming around the track i know like there's probably something really bad gonna happen in two months so be ready for it touch wood man <laughs> touch wood <laughs> I think the, the next thing to talk about is a new one. Um, so this is always talking about like, you know, people always giving you like stock advice or finance tips and they're telling you, you know, oh, but if you buy this stock, it's going to be the next, uh, you know, whatever and it's going to kill Facebook or, you know, it's all of those examples. You hear it every single day, but none of these guys know how to invest or they don't, don't know how to trade. They don't know anything that goes into this stuff. You know, they don't know how to analyze businesses, position sizing, how much money you put on the, in this investment, any of that. And but people listen to this stuff and they invest. And a lot yeah. of the time that I always see is like, you know, I think you, you saw a lot of Jetstar. It's like, it was like, hey, buy this stock. And then everybody drives like, yeah, it's going to be a good stock. Oh, yeah. And they just sink their 10 grand in. And that's all they got, 10 yeah. grand. Yeah. Just put the whole 10 grand in. Like, they don't think in terms of a portfolio yeah. or anything. But just on that 10 grand, like we were talking earlier, that 10 grand you saved up, that's saving up after you're paying all your expenses and all the other stuff plus working, right? So it's like time compounded on time, that 10 grand. And then you're sinking all your 10 grand into this Mm -hmm. one call from your expert friend. So it's like what thought process went behind that, you know? It's a scary thought. As full-time investors and traders... There's like a quote or a saying, it's like, if your plumber's giving you financial advice, you know it's the top. <laughs> <laughs> Something's about to happen, boys. <laughs> You're going to get scared. Yeah. You're going to be real afraid. So you need to take profits. <laughs> Big green whole yeah. cock candles, boys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like the um, the thing is, like whenever the, the, the main society is talking about, you know, a certain thing, in terms of money, it, it's usually wrong. You know, it's the what you know what you learn about rich dad, poor dad. Great introduction to learning about finances. The rich do things different. You know, sadly, the lower and the middle class do things a certain way. You don't want to do it that way. You want to do it the other way. Mm. Yeah. Um, what was that quote I had? Is it gone? Who was it by? Um. I can't remember who it was by. I think I don't know if I made it or not, but it was that quote. I think yeah, the the quote goes roughly like this. So there's a thing concept called wisdom in the crowd, right? So what wisdom in the crowd means is you know if you have ever gone to like a festival or you might have done this in school and like the teacher's like, um, how many jelly beans are in this jar, mm. and you have to guess. Um, and you know whoever gets it right, you know they get a reward of some sort. If it's at a festival, you might win. $10,000, right? And you got to pay to get in. And it's like a, it's a raffle thing, right? It's to make them money because no one gets it right. Even a mathematician, if you gave him like 30 seconds to really stare at, at it at, up close, he can't get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like trying to count like the rows and the columns and work out the area of this thing. It's not going to get it right. No one will get it right. But 
if you got the average, let's just say there's a thousand people that entered into that raffle. If you got the average of all of them, it'll get pretty damn close to the answer. So there's a wisdom in the crowd of all those people. So the quote is like, uh, there is wisdom in the crowd. That is a true phenomenon. But when money is involved, there is only madness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you hear people all saying, buy this stock, buy this crypto, you know, buy this house, it's great, go to this university degree. Whenever there's money involved, there's usually madness there. There's no wisdom. It's all emotion, isn't it? Mm. It's all yeah. emotion. Because what does that come down to? Like money is just another form of time. Mm. It's just like, um, it's like you've collected time that you can spend. That's what money is, right? So then when people like subconsciously, they'll realize, shit, this is my time and it's not money mm. so there's like a lot of opportunity there that's why they go mad yeah yeah and it's, it's thinking about the positives only yeah oh this is my potential reward yeah but nothing about all the consequences that have come yeah mm. that's like what is something we say and teach everyone we help and consult with always think of the downside yeah, think of the yeah. downside first and only the downside yeah protect the downside always worst case first and then realistic. Never go best case. Mm. If, yeah. yeah, you never want to blow up your entire, well, in this case, life, mm. just because you're trying to make it in one go. Mm-hmm. It's the worst way to do things. Mm. Consistency, yeah. consistency, highest probability bets. You'll get there. Mm. It just takes time. That's I it. think. Um, I think we're pretty much done here, right? Yeah. Um, I think we. It's good to end on. Um, there's one physicist called Richard Feynman mm. and he's really, really good at thinking. He's a great thinker. One of the best thinkers um, of our time. And um, there's this video on YouTube called Why? And it's just Richard Feynman just breaking down every single concept by asking why. Mm. And he's like, why does this happen? Okay, because of this. Then why does it happen because of that? Because of this. So it's like there's so much thought gone into like one concept it's a great watch. It's, I think it's like a five-minute video. Mm. We'll link that in the description as well. Yeah. But any kind of decisions that you have to make, just break it down. Why, 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 why? Yeah. Good yeah. on Richard. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other thing is um, check out Naval Ravikant. A good introduction to him is the uh, podcast, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. It's about three and a half hours long. It's a big but, one. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good one, but it's very tough to understand it all. But you will get a few takeaways. But with this, it's kind of like the Bible that we follow. Um, it's something that um, we keep on revisiting every like six months or so. Mm-hmm. But it's great insight to understanding how to think different mm-hmm. and to realize that you might not be thinking the correct way. Yeah. It's a good shock like Rich Dad Poor Dad is. And it shows like there's levels to it because like most people that I've ever come across are shocked by Rich Dad Poor Dad. This is another shock on top of that. Mm. So this is definitely more advanced. Um, I think it's worth taking a crack at it, um, but don't feel you know too down on yourself. You don't understand it all. Like even mm-hmm. us, we're still trying to learn it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just repetition. It comes down to those foundations. Once you can learn the foundations of many different things, then you'll be able to see it, see it for what it is. You're not meant to understand all of it yet. That's yeah. the point. Like throughout kind of this journey of watching every single one of our podcasts in order because we created this structure of a course, you'll realize that you as a person are getting smarter. 
you are developing. And as you go back and listen to that Naval podcast every three to six months, whenever you watch it, you'll realize how much more you understand. Yeah. And you go, wow. So it's actually not a bad, it's actually a really good metric to see kind of your progression. I've got it up on my wall upstairs in my bedroom, annotated to the gills, and I check up on it all the time still. Mm. It's good. It's, it's the most important thing. Oh, yeah. It's, I think it's the best podcast on the internet that we've come across. By so yeah. much. Yeah. It's, it's pure value. value. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, check out that, uh, that, uh, that other link about the rat race. It's called Happiness, wasn't it? Yeah, Happiness. Yeah. Check that one out as well. It's going to open up your eyes. Mm. Do those things and yeah. It's going to be an absolute little ripper, boys. Yeah, boys. Mm. Anything else to add? Do the work. Do, do the work. work. You heard it from the doc. <laughs> <laughs> Prescribe from the doc. (laughs) (laughs) And refill Um, your prescription anytime. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Um, So on that note, thank you guys for watching this episode. And if you guys liked it, please like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends and family if you found it valuable because, again, this will help more people if you share it. And um, on that note, should we wrap it up? Pack her up, sons. Pack it up. Pack it up. Pack it up. Thank you for listening.